Welcome back to Public Health Plus, the bonus episode. I'm MJ. And I'm Cass. I'm sure both of us have driven past apartment complexes or fields of condos that are currently being built, like oh, sure. in, in their wooden frames. Yeah. Well, when I was living in Baltimore, I would drive by these, you know, big apartment complexes being built, particularly around the East Baltimore campus. And there's, you know, always a lot of always. development going on. Yeah, for sure. There still is in, in Canton, tons of new apartment complexes uh, coming up, but not a huge fan of them because a lot of them are built like hotels they just don't have a lot of character to them like every unit feels the same so not a huge fan of them well you're not spending time in every unit That's true. right you would just be on the one you yeah. lived in which you could add your own character yeah to. but it's it's the idea that it's a long <laughs> hallway with doors and it just feels like a hotel to me and it's it's hard to feel like homey i guess but anyway never been a huge fan of them but I saw one of those housing complexes and I thought to myself, oh, like that means, you know, more housing. That's that's probably good, right? More housing, more supply, right? So maybe this will stabilize the housing prices. Oh, no. And oh, then oh, my girlfriend. Oh, MJ, you're so foolish. <laughs> so naive. Yeah. Yeah. And my girlfriend's like, no, this is going to raise rent. I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Like there's more supplies now. There's There's more places for people to live. Why would it raise rent? And I got curious about this. So I looked into this. And you already know what's going on. <laughs> well, so my understanding of the issue is that when you introduce these apartment or condo complexes, they are usually not tailored towards lower income families or individuals. And so they have no. costly no. rent. And so when people are willing to pay more to live there, other houses, other whatever properties that are for rent may raise their rent to sort of compete with the rent of the these nicer places, even though they might not have the same amenities, but the the general rent in an area can increase. Right. You pretty much hit it spot on. And nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. This will be a good segue for the second half of this bonus episode. So to start, I'm not an economist, nor do I care about real estate like at all. Wait, are you not an economist or you're not an econ bro? Ho, ho, ho. Neither. I'm neither an <laughs> economist, nor am I an econ bro, nor do I care about real estate. <laughs> so. Just so you know, and just so our listeners know, if you haven't listened to other um, bonus episodes where <laughs> MJ is an econ bro, you will never, ever... You will never ever live down. I just slammed my stool by mistake. Um, you will never ever live down that econ bro impression. And I'm going to bring it up as frequently as I can, particularly in these more spicy bonus episodes. It's it's one of my greatest work. Uh, yes, let's, let's call it that. Mm -hmm. yep. But uh, what was I going with this? Oh, so, you know, I don't know how real estate works. I don't know how housing prices work. So I, I tried to looking into it as I, I Googled what determines housing prices. And it turns out that is a very complicated topic that I have no idea where even to start. So I'm not even going to get into how housing prices are determined. We're not going to touch that. But what we are going to do is that there are many polls that different sources conduct. People are increasingly concerned about the cost of rent and the cost of housing. Like that is a major concern for a lot of people living in cities, uh, particularly. So this is like a huge issue for a lot of people, including me as a renter. It's an important issue for me too, as a homeowner. You know, the house, we have uh, houses going up on the market in our neighborhood. Just for context, it's an older neighborhood. And by older, I mean both older housing stocks. So the houses were built in the 60s and older residents. So a lot of the people who live here were the original homeowners when the houses were built and are now sort of moving elsewhere, downsizing, etc. So we are having more and more houses um, going on the market and houses that are selling now in my neighborhood 
are going for $100,000 more than when we bought our house five years ago. Wow. And so, you know, thinking about our own property values, like that's that's great, but it, it's about supply and demand. Right now, there's a lot of demand for houses like ours and neighborhoods like ours and not a ton of supply. And so people are getting into bidding wars. I There's a house not too far from mine that was just put on the market. I didn't even think it was on the market for more than like a weekend. And there were multiple bids put on this house well above the offer price. And it's under contract after just, you know, a day, basically. And it's a beautiful, beautiful house. So that helps. Right. So housing prices and rent, both things are related. They are skyrocketing in many places. Well, maybe that's too extreme. They are rising in many places. And okay, so the gist of this is how come when they add more quote unquote supply, the rent and housing prices doesn't stabilize and doesn't come down. So many things doesn't follow, many things don't, yeah, many things don't follow the standard logical economic relationship. For example, the cost of housing is rising. So the idea is if we provide more supply, why doesn't it come down? And that's because of this thing called induced demand. Are you familiar with this? Uh, I don't think so. I'm not an econ chick. Ho, ho, ho. So induced demand is basically when you add more supply, the nature of those additional supply creates demand. For example, the classic relationship is highway lanes. We cannot keep adding more lanes on highways because more cars will just come and fill it. (laughs) Right. Because they're like, oh, the road, you know, this is a faster route Mm -hmm. to take. And so now I'm going to take this route. Okay. So that, well, that was. That's kind of what you said in the beginning. Yeah. Related to the point. Yeah. That I made earlier, which is if you add nicer versions of housing, it can increase the perceived quality of the neighborhood. And then more people want to live in the neighborhood. So then rent doesn't go down, even though supply has increased. So one of the things that determined property value is the area that the property is in. So by by the virtue of having more nice units in a particular area, ironically, more houses means the area is quote unquote nicer and therefore drive the housing prices of that area up. And it's sort of like the, you know, gentrification, gentrification and the concept of I don't know what movie is this from. If you build it, they will come field of dreams. Yes. So it's kind of like that. So if you build the houses, such a great movie. Yeah. If you build the houses, people will come and developers know this. They know they don't have to lower the price because they know that if they build it, people will come. So they pretty much set the price however they want. And it also matters who is building these units. Big developers, they want to make money. So they're not exactly incentivized to you know keep costs down. They're incentivized to make money, which means they're going to build nice, quote unquote, nice units and therefore raises the property prices of that area. If you build it, they will come. So rent goes up, ironically, when there's more supply. Yeah, this is why I'm not a housing policy person, but there's a really... Not an econ bro. No, but there's a really great book called The Color of Law. And yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's about sort of redlining and housing policy and some of these different pieces. And one of the solutions that the author proposes in the book is anytime developers are approved for new housing development, whether it be single family homes or multi-unit dwellings, whatever it is, that there be a certain proportion that is reserved for individuals below a certain income level so that they can have the same access to high quality housing at a cost that they can afford so that we're not forcing individuals out of their neighborhoods because property prices, property values are going to increase so much that people can no longer afford their property taxes, even though they've lived there for, you know, 40 years or whatever. Yeah. Lots of issues. And I'm sure 
we will revisit this. But this bonus was sort of a stem from my comment, my really naive comment of, oh, they're building more houses. Surely this will lower our rent. And then my girlfriend sort of laughing at me. It's like, what are you talking about? Good um, on Angela. Yeah, hopefully this introduces uh, the concept of induced demand. Lanes on a highway, housing is one of them. Um, I strongly come up with a third example. I mean, those are the two classic examples, I guess, like lanes on a highway and housing. I don't know. Does Does a coffee shop follow that example? Like you would think <laughs> that if there were more coffee shops right. <laughs> available. Like I'm thinking about Seattle, right? I, I swear, you know, growing up in the area that there is a Starbucks on every corner because the cold, moist air in Seattle, like it gets into your bones and you just need a hot beverage to to warm you up. And you would think that with so many coffee shops available and not just Starbucks, like Seattle's Best Coffee and some of these other fantastic coffee shops, you'd think that it would be less expensive, but it's not. And I think it's because there's coffees available and it's good, nice coffee. And so everyone wants to buy it. And so then it stays a stupidly expensive price. I don't know. I don't know if that example works. I'm just (laughs) trying to flex my Seattle muscles here. Who knows? If you have an idea of what's also an induced demand, email us, let us know. Please, please. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, Everything is publichealth at gmail.com. Correct. Let us know what else is also induced demand. But those are the two examples that are the most obvious. Lanes on a highway. You cannot add lanes on a highway because cars will just fill it up. Okay. Anyway. This was a relatively mild salsa of a bonus episode. Normally our bonuses are a little bit more spicy, but I think you know what happened. We had to cool ourselves <laughs> off because we got so spicy in the main episode that we overcooled yeah. ourselves <laughs> with a dose of sour yeah, cream on this, <laughs> on this bonus. My original topic for, for this bonus was something else entirely. And I decided not to do it because it'll just make me sound like a raging Marxist and communist. <laughs> 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 but so I decided to do this instead, which is also a good topic. But anyway, yes, join us again on Thursday for our regularly scheduled program.